I feel like you should say what you just said that you were watching Shadow of the Vampire. Oh yeah, sure. So uh, a couple nights ago, I was uh, watching rewatching Shadow of the Vampire, and um, I noticed during the opening credits that it was produced by Nicolas Cage. Right. Much to my surprise. Right. And then you, when when I told you that, you were like. Yeah, it's. I mean, what Willem Dafoe does in that movie is essentially what Nick Cage does in Vampire's Kiss. Exactly. And because Nick Cage was trying to emulate Nosferatu right. and all those like over the top. Yeah, that's such a weird thing. Like he really loves that shit. Yeah, which also gives the movie another layer of weird meta that it, like it already yeah, has enough of it. But true. it's just that now it's another level of just. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm surprised that he didn't just play it himself. I know, you right? know, <laughs> maybe he feels he already did it. Wow. That would be, uh, they should reboot. They should reboot Shadow <laughs> of the Vampire with Nick Cage. <laughs> if I can't everything just turns to shit. I don't care who you are, Donald Trump, who the hell. Without creativity, without life, you are truly unable to go straight up the devil's ass. Okay, so as an introduction, we're back, Heat Seeking Panther. Um, we got a bunch of new Instagram followers because I actually figured out how to use our Instagram. Um, and uh, do you feel good when you like learn how to use a, a social media yeah, the right way? Yeah, I feel like I cracked some sort of code, right? Because I feel like we're selling a really specific product, um, and y- you know, it, if you're selling like something weird, like peanut butter on steak or something you have to find the few like weirdos out there who think that's a really good idea so hopefully we found some other people who actually give a shit about a movie like fucking zandali that we both watched this week and i I think we're both at a loss i can say this was one of those things where i was writing down so many quotes from the movie as i was watching it that i i stopped after a while because i realized I'm just going to be, instead of actually script. saying anything about the movie, I'm just going to read yeah. quotes, which isn't interesting <laughs> for people who haven't seen the movie to listen to. Well, but, but, and also, I mean, just the script sounds like, it sounds like the smartest kid in your like freshman screenwriting class, you know, the kid who's like trying to go above and beyond. He's like, no, I read poetry and philosophy and, um, I already know, I already have a film in my head. I know we're just supposed to write a a short scene, but I actually, I wrote a whole movie. It's so fucking ridiculous from jump, from the get go. Like I think judge Reinhold starts by reciting poetry just off the top of his head. Yes, he does. Definitely. First line. Yeah. Yeah. And then he goes on to wear a fez shortly after that. (laughs) Yeah, he's going to like some sort of bachelor party or something yeah, where everyone wears thing. fezzes. Everyone's, everyone's like a shriner, shriner? or something. <laughs> Except, Sitting around with strippers and like wearing fezzes. Yeah. Yeah, that's the other thing is like so much nudity right from the start. So much gratuitous nudity. So, there, there's a lot of cage butt in this movie. That's like, true. You see him and Judge Reinhold's butt. And they were naked when they filmed this, by the I way. I believe it. Everyone believe was it. butt naked and like it, it sounds really awkward. I guess like the press. Okay, well, 
first some statistics or what some numbers um this was shot in six weeks for seven million dollars uh it was direct to video in the u.s okay that was my that was yeah. one of my questions did not open in theaters except in europe <laughs> and in of Europe, course. the French, the French like, they were it? okay. I don't know if they loved it, but they were. Uh, I, I, it was getting the same kind of press that like nine and a half weeks was getting. Okay, a, except like you know, so people were talking about it in the same sentence. But there's this. Wait, here's a review of uh, <laughs> of the movie um, from the Daily Variety. It says. An overheated New Orleans sex triangle let down by a laughable script. Zandalee is about par with other romps like Two Moon Junction and Wild Orchid. I haven't seen either of those. I've never even heard of either. But I guess they were like talking points uh, at this point. Uh, Everyone concerned seems to think the picture is some kind of nine and a half weeks Louisiana style, but strip out the nudity and sack sessions and all that's left is a script that pulls its punches and seems to have been pasted together from subtitles on French movies. This is accurate. This is very accurate. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's pretty much it. Um, But yeah, the, uh, it also came out right when Wild at Heart came out, which, you know, got got an NC-17 rating and like was you know, controversial. So it, I think it was thought of in the same way. And people were like Nick Cage, his interviews about it are like, he t- saying just it's like to me, erotic art is some of the most valid artwork and why not extend this to films? You know, it's just unfortunate that pornography has turned sexuality into exploitation and jacking off material. I think there's yet to be a movie made where sex can be celebrated in a way that is meaningful as it is in life. Then again, I don't know how you do it. <laughs> I mean, it's not as if you can give people a sense of what it actually feels like. Uh, but, but, so true. But why not just make porn? Yeah. Right? Like, do you feel like that's a really weird roundabout excuse for, yeah. for like, someone who is just ashamed to admit that, like, it really is just about... Right. Yeah. I mean, trying to say that it's not porn and that, that porn is something else, like, porn is exploitative and that this isn't is ridiculous because this, like, whatever the young... What's her name? Erica Anderson? Uh, yeah, who plays Zandalee. Like, she was super young. This was, like, our first movie. And this is, like... I mean, she got exploited <laughs> super hard. I was also... I was thinking, though, watching it. I was like, man, if I was young and beautiful, I would be in any movie like this. You know, like, if I was her and just, like, pr- preserve that I was, you know, this like, it doesn't matter that it's Zandalee, you know, like, um, like good for her, but then also like for the rest of her life, like this is going to be her biggest credit, which is weird. Yeah. I didn't recognize her from anything else. I I didn't really like look up what else she was in. She was in nightmare on Elm street five. Wait, which one is that? The dream baby. Yeah. The, the, uh, the baby dream child. Right. Okay. Yeah. 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 I don't remember her in that, but I remember that one weirdly enough. Wait, that's, is that the one where the kid's doing like karate and high kicks with with like, um, I think so. Anyway, they all run together. I don't know. Three. We've both seen every nightmare on the street. (laughs) Yeah. Three is the really good one where like the, like the junkie girl and the, right. With the the TV. Prime time, yeah, bitch, prime time, right? bitch. Yeah, right. Fourth is the one where the dog pees fire and waking wakes Freddy up. <laughs> That's all I remember. Um, five is the one with the baby, and six is the one with uh, the Wizard of Oz and like Looney Tunes callouts in it. <laughs> 
and then did it. And then seven's the one where with jumps, Wes, Wes Craven oh, as himself. No, that's right. That's right. Wes Craven as himself. Right. Yeah. I, I yeah. had, I forgot about that right. one. Uh, anyway, I'm sorry. Short little detour there. Um, oh, another, the other big credit here, the director, Sam Pillsbury, a Sam Pillsbury joint. Um, his, his biggest any relation to the Doughboy? <laughs> I don't know. I didn't read his IMDb page. Uh, I'll um, look into that. But uh, his biggest credit besides this is Free Willy Three. So that's that's the league we're batting in. <laughs> and then fucking Judge Reinhold and Nick Cage having a reunion uh, from Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Yeah, that's right. How that's right. How sharply their careers had differed at yeah. this point. Was 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 uh, was Reinhold already on the decline? I think at he this was point? on this on the slide. Yeah. I meant to look that up. But I don't know. This is not. This Def- film does him no not, favors. It's not his proudest moment by any stretch. Uh, you mentioned earlier his mustache, which is pretty epic. Well, the thing is, is Cage has a mustache as well, but there is something <laughs> about Judge Reinhold's mustache specifically that comes off as so much slimier than any facial hair that Cage has. Which is really which saying something. Which is really something. saying something because Cage, I think not. I think he has more than a mustache. I think he has yeah, just he's straight got, like, up goatee, goatee right? Yeah. Yeah, he looks really, really sleazy in this movie. The thing is, his mullet distracts from how gross his facial hair is. For the first couple scenes, I realized later on that it actually was real, but for the first couple <laughs> scenes, I was convinced that he had extensions <laughs> for the mullet. I mean, the front had the really signature like well, V swoop, but did, I thought maybe they added like I something think, in the back because it was it looked like way too good to be I don't real. Oh, I yeah, I, I mean, he did wild at heart. Around the same time and Firebird. I don't know which was filmed first, but like, yeah, who knows? It, it looks insane in the way that his hair is insane. So if it's extensions, they did a pretty good job. I don't know. Like maybe he really is just that good of an actor. And as, as we were saying in a previous episode, he uses hair as a part of the character. Maybe he's now <laughs> honed his craft to the point where he can just literally grow the hair that he needs for the role. <laughs> Just you know? at will. So like maybe maybe he maybe that was his real hair. You and he was like, this is what I need for the role. You can't say that that hair didn't fit that character though. No, it was perfect. It's perfect. With that character being That's why I think, it was so distracting yeah. though. It was too perfect. <laughs> you described you, you watched the movie first and you were texting me and you said he plays the worst kind of artist. <laughs> That's it completely. He is the worst kind of artist. Every every like cliche you would want to throw at someone as a disparagement for them being an artist he embodies he's like at that one at one point that guy is like looking at his paintings to see if he can sell any and he's like for no reason he like yells at him he's like what do you know you'll be dead soon and i'll be on the walls with picasso and vincent (laughs) on a first name basis he doesn't say van gogh <laughs> and he won't be because his paintings are stupid. They're shit. So, so bad. bad. They're really, really, oh, God, really bad. The one he paints of Judge Reinhold's character in the movie. No, legitimately, if someone, if I commissioned <laughs> someone for a portrait and that's what they gave back to me, I'd be like, get, I, I'd be oh. like, fuck out of my house. Yeah, like, this is ridiculous. So what insulting. am I paying you for? Judge Reinhold is a really ridiculously good friend to this person who is clearly terrible he's like oh uh, let's see maybe hang it in the bedroom don't hang it in the dumpster (laughs) 
like yeah meanwhile the guy that the guy whose bad portrait he hangs in the bedroom is literally banging, banging his, his wife. wife in the next room okay he, he gives he gives nick cage's character way too much leash so, so much. much like this guy like ridiculous like i don't I mean, and I don't feel bad for Judge Reinhold's character. Like he is kind of a schmuck in the movie. He like is he sort of he sort of deserves what's coming to him. Go. Cool. It's this weird like it's this weird uh, like anxiety story about you know like oh he has to shoulder his family's business and the burden of growing up and meanwhile while he's being an adult. Nick Cage never had to and he uh and he steals away with his woman and like Judge Reinhold is literally impotent and and Nick Cage is so virile and like he's all like hairy and wears I don't know he's gas wearing... station attendant shirts <laughs> with his sleeves rolled up yeah. he and he has like... a tattoo of a black rose that he explains as being quote the Black Rose of Fate, which isn't a fucking thing. He's such a prick. And he he, he offers to draw it on Zandali's arm with, oh, yeah, uh, right. with, with sharpie. a sharpie. Fuck you. And then when he when he tears through all of his paintings yeah. in his and, studio. And dumps paint all over himself. <laughs> why does he does he do that? Because she like breaks up with him, right? Or why I, yeah, I, I don't actually I, remember why he got so upset. I think he feels well, I mean it's unclear. I think he feels responsible right, it's unclear. for Judge Reinhold's death and also Zandali isn't fucking him and also this guy isn't buying his artwork. And uh so rather than like do some self-reflection, I think he just acts out like a child, which again is true, I think true to the character that they they create. I just have a shitty painter <laughs> written in like large letters. <laughs> That was really important for me to remember for some reason. <laughs> As if you could forget. Oh, yeah. Well, here's here's a quote, though, that I think is important. We'll fuck like animals at the altar of the primal. Yeah, I wrote that down, too. At the altar of the primal. Which... The thing is, is this script is written like the shitty poetry that you assume John Judge Reinhold's character wrote. Yeah. You know? Okay, I'm thinking of one particular person who i went to liberal arts school with but he like so am i yeah i think everyone has that person like it's kind of real but we're supposed to this movie tries to pass off nick cage's character as somehow more like i I don't know all these people i kind of believed as people even zandali this movie doesn't pass the fucking bechdel test or whatever like but she she's at least kind of fleshed out as a person but they all suck like, <laughs> you know? Yeah, no one is a, no one is really anyone I would want to have in my like personal circle no, or like have in my life at all. Really? No, fuck them all, except for maybe that old lady who's she's really who was amazing. she? Her relationship her... was unclear. They were living in her house, so was she her their landlady? She was like his know. aunt or something. Well, because when Nick Cage shows up, she's like Johnny. I was afraid it was you. So so they obviously they, they have some history. Right. Also here's maybe I just wasn't paying attention or, or something, but did you assume that she was blind in the first (laughs) scene? And then, and then later on in the movie, she just wasn't, I, I didn't, but, um, she was so like unexplained and so like arbitrary that I don't, I don't know yet seemingly there all the time. Judge Reinhold lives with her. 
but I don't think she's his mom. Well, that's why I thought she was like a, like his like great aunt it's or like, something, or like or, landlady. Yeah, or at least, but uh, never mind. And then <laughs> then she's got that guy. She like brings that guy to dinner. Oh yeah, they're playing like bridge or something when like Zandali yeah, comes home, right? And uh, yeah, that right. was a weird. Okay, so she comes home after dun dun dun. She's fucking raped. Fifth movie in a row, and for this podcast with a rape scene. Is it really the fifth? Yeah. My God, you're right. Like, uh, while at heart, um, a time to kill, or no, sorry, time to kill, <laughs> different movie. Um, Vampire's Kiss. Vampire's Kiss, Moonstruck. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Wow. It, and this one was really disturbing. Like, not to say that like while at heart wasn't, or a time to kill wasn't, but like, I'm sorry, what movie? <laughs> time to kill. Okay, thanks. <laughs> sorry, not not the Sean Penn movie. Sean Penn. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Uh, uh, but this one, he fucks her in the church confessional and says some shit about... Kind of like, hot. Like, okay. like, I'll say, I mean, I went to Catholic school, okay, but yeah, like, that's kind of hot. I'm sure uh, this writer did too. But he definitely... It's rape but, though. Yeah, it definitely is. And he says, he says some shit about like, he's like, this is how God expresses himself through oh, us. Oh man, oh, the worst, the worst, just that, the worst kind of person and that she, says that. And she looks fucking miserable as you do when you get raped in a church. It's just not okay. She was, to be fair, they really, like you were saying earlier with like the exploitation, they really were setting us up. Like they were, she was just naked the, yeah. basically the whole time. She was on the altar of the primal for the whole movie. The whole movie. Things that you do on the altar of the primal, finger paint on someone's body, mm-hmm. which and rub a mixture of honey and cocaine on someone's body. Yes, true. I, I don't know, I don't know what that does, but it's... uh. They were getting something out of it. It's clearly. a thing. I, I mean that. Yeah, that's a really weird scene, and she like even for this movie, and she's like, I don't do, I don't want to do drugs. He's like, no, and he smears. <laughs> he, he like so cut he out lines smear, of cocaine, and then he just he smears, smears it, it with honey and puts it like on her butt. <laughs> sure, I guess. I don't. Again, though, I believe that that asshole would do that. Also, this is like the third or fourth cage movie in a row with uh, a club scene in it. Yeah, pop and club scene. Pop and club scene. What I I wrote that down, but I'm trying to remember what. Uh, oh, it was that weird, <laughs> was that weird club that Zandali went to with yeah. her gay friend or yeah. drag queen friend, um, where it's just naked people, right? Fucking everywhere. Yeah, like, but it was, <laughs> but it had it had like a weird like purple, like fluorescent sheen to everything yeah yeah and they were like i mean it seemed like a legit like sex club but they were just like ah the quarter you know yeah but they weren't they were just chilling they were just mm-hmm. hanging out at they the were bar just talking having yeah. drinks like how was your day meanwhile there's like in the background there's like out of focus shots of people just like fucking well and they make a big point of that the bartenders are gay but it's not a gay club like the bartender is like a leather daddy but it's just everyone is just maybe that's i've never been to new orleans so i don't know if that's par for the course i was but i was young and i you was not uh in a position to find places like that yeah but yeah maybe it is just yeah, the city I, I i don't know man um i feel like they were playing pretty good music in there but i i might have made that up in my head no i also at the start of the movie it says the music the credit says music by pray for rain which i meant to look up 
don't know if it's a, I don't know if that's a group or if we should give them credit, but uh, there it is. Pray for rain. Pray for rain. Like the numeral four? No, no, the word. No, but I also recall that, that the music in that club being pretty good. Pretty good. I okay, mean, so you know, there the, were certainly no Judson Spence. No, no, I'm trying to think of are. what the most poppin' club. I guess Wild at Heart, but uh, the the club and Firebirds, I'd hang out there. Yeah. I think Over the Sex Club here it made me feel greasy or something. I didn't like it. Steve Buscemi is in this movie. Yeah, as the garbage man. As the garbage man. Buscemi is the garbage man. I did not see that coming. No, <laughs> and like again, the I know that this screenwriter is thinking of him as like some sort of like Shakespearean fool archetype, you know, like the truth teller who shows up at, and like comments on the action. But he just feels so like just wedged yeah. in there in he, such an unnatural way. He doesn't add anything. He, in he, fact, steal- he just convolutes everything a lot more. <laughs> he doesn't actually clear anything up. He steals that TV for some reason. <laughs> it almost seems like there were scenes from another movie yeah, that they just like, kind of found a way to jam into this one. The universe of some other movie is like overlapping with this one. Somewhere Steve Buscemi's Garbage Man has his whole story. God, I would love that. Yeah, I'd rather watch that movie. Actually, I would rather watch that movie. Yeah. Yeah. He's a garbage man. We see him in the rain, just like having a hell of a time, just seeming like Dick Van Dyke or something. Like, how's it going, toots? And then he, uh, then he's a thief, and then he's just wandering around the graveyard. When he comes up to her while she's like clearly mourning, and he's like, "Ah, hey, baby, <laughs> what's the news?" I wonder what the direction for that character was. <laughs> like, what was what was the director telling uh, Buscemi to like? To, to pull that performance out of him. Yeah. Well, you know what? Probably nothing. Nothing. He's I'm like, sure that I'm sure it's similar to Cage. Dude, that's the thing. When you get people like Cage and Buscemi in your movie, like no matter what the movie is, I feel like you're casting them because you just are going to like let them do yeah, what you they're going to do. Yeah, just let them go. I mean, this is pre-Reservoir Dogs, so like Steve Buscemi's not on the map yet, I don't think, but he like, you know, he's always fun to watch, um, even when he adds nothing. I wrote down Nicolas Cage and Judge Reinhold hate dance to Zydeco music on the pier. Um, And then I wrote insane. (laughs) That's a really weird scene. Also, they like they know the dance. It seems like they they'd been dancing. I guess that that was like their history. Like they've Zydeco danced before. They have. But like it's a very tense dance. It's the dance of death. Yeah, because he already knows at this point. Yeah, you know, and he pulls out the gun and <laughs> points it at them, and then judge he points it at his own head, right. which is great. <laughs> Just, I don't know. I could see like he looks so manic in that scene, and but I was just I was just thinking like that's Judge Reinhold seeing his career like floating away from him and that, feeling powerless. I think Judge Reinhold with the gun against his temple is really kind of a metaphor for like the remainder of his career. Like, like yeah. this, like this was the point where he just actually like shot himself in the head. I, I think like I, I was looking at his IMDb while we were talking and I mean, he, he was definitely on the downward slope, but he had been in like Beverly Hills cop. And so I think, you know, but then he was in Beverly Hills cop too. And then, uh, that one was, was Sans Murphy, correct? Oh, was it? I'm not sure. No, he's in it. Oh, okay. Then, it, you know, 
he's in a movie called Daddy's Dying, dot, 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 who's got the will. I mean, it's just like looking bad. He's in Zandalee. And I, I had the same thought. I was like, he knows. He knows now that this is this is how the rest of his career is going to be. I really hope Judge Reinhold never hears this. I feel bad now. I really hope that somebody, you know, gives him the Quentin Tarantino treatment. Like, yeah, that, that would be great. You know, that bring, would be great. bring him back. He deserves it. Yeah. You know. He he doesn't deserve to be in the Santa Claus 2 or whatever. Some movie called Crab Orchard from 2005. Oh, that's that's the name of my new death metal band. <laughs> Crab Orchard. Crab Orchard. He, he's in a movie this year called Grandmother's Murder Club. I don't know. It's just looking bad. Rest in peace, Judge Reinhold. Okay, well, what did you think of the ending? You got to make accounts payable, man. Judge Reinhold dies. Yeah. And Zandalee is, she meets Nick Cage on the street. Yes. And some character who, I don't know if we'd seen him before. It's not Steve Buscemi, right? No, it's just some dude. It's like Nick Cage's drug connect. Right. Shows up, says, you got to make accounts payable, man, and shoots him or tries to shoot Nick Cage. But she jumps in front of the bullet. Right. Right. Not, I don't think because she wants to spare Nick Cage, but because she wants to die without, because she feels, she feels guilty for, for, for judges suicide. Yeah. And she's feeling like she's strayed from, from God. There's a lot of that. Right. That's kind of when I talked about her character getting fleshed out, it's really just that other dimension, like Mm -hmm. her going to the church and being sad. Yeah. But, um, and then he like carries her off into the sunset. Yeah, I don't know, man. It's like they just ran out of. They were like, "How do we end this?" I just didn't. I really didn't expect Nick Cage's character to be the last one standing. Right. He's top billing in this movie, but like, he he's the villain for sure. Oh, absolutely, he's the villain. So it's weird thinking of him like living. I don't know. It. Um, this movie's too fucking ridiculous for me to like. For me to be moved by the ending, but it's it was. I I don't know if it was bad or interesting. It wasn't it wasn't what I expected to happen, I guess. Right. Which I don't know if that's praise, but can we just do quotes now? Sure. That's fine with me. I want to sh- shake you naked and eat you alive, Zondali. Zondali? Yeah. Can we Na- talk about how Cage is also the only character <laughs> that pronounces her name that way? He pronounces it that way in scenes where other people pronounce it the other way. Like <laughs> It's just like another asshole thing that his character does. <laughs> like, I say your name the way I want to say it. Somebody says it's pretty hard to hide the clairvoyance in the eyes to someone else when saying that, that like they can read an expression on their face. But that doesn't make any sense. No sense it's at all. It's not a thing. Um, I'm just paralyzed, a paraplegic of the soul. <laughs> When he when when he can't get it up, oh, yeah. and then that and then and then that's his excuse to her. That doesn't ex- doesn't explain anything. Parapolit. How about this really uncomfortable exchange? I'm not some dumb coon ass you can mess with. Understand? Take my dumb coon ass prick inside you with your husband in the next room. Gross. Also, that's like really, that's like super inept sex talk. Ugh. Like, ugh. 
They fuck on the washing machine during the dinner party. And they literally have that like cartoon thing where he's Nick Gage brings that uh, woman to dinner. And uh, was that Marissa Tomei? I don't think so. But She's in this movie. Really? Yeah. Oh, I think that, it might have well, been yeah, her, well, but then that I, was I her didn't then. recognize. Anyway, he's like with her and then he starts like trying to like put his hand up Zanali's dress. Like under she, the table? Yeah, and she yeah. gets him with the fork. It's such like a a cartoon. And then, you know, at the end too, because the thing is like, okay, they so Judge Reinhold pulls the gun on them and he's like, we're going to go fishing. And all three of them go out on the boat and they're driving too fast. And uh, he's like being a psycho and Nick Cage like jerks the wheel. Judge Reinhold falls in the water. Everybody goes in the water. Nick Cage saves Judge Reinhold and he's alive and he bites his neck. Judge Reinhold bites Nick Cage's neck and then drowns. He like bites him so he's bleeding. He's like, no, I'm dying. Like, okay, Nick Cage, he did, he really accelerated the breakdown of your marriage, Judge Reinhold, but like, he is not like, he didn't make you drown. He didn't like, that's just him being dramatic. And he's, he didn't like, I'm just thinking about that paraplegic of the soul. Like she literally, she like waves her like butt at him. She's like, Hey, I want to try something new. And he's like, no, why are you doing this to me? And then she's just like, okay, I'm just going to like get myself off. Then he's like, what are you doing? Don't, don't masturbate. No, I'm sad. My dad is dead. She's like, maybe you could be a poet instead of doing this job you hate. He's like, grow up. Like, I don't know. Fuck him. The moral of this movie, I think, is really doesn't sit well with me. What is the moral? Well, I don't know if it's a moral so much as just a general conclusion. Right. I think the problem is, is that it's basically teaching young men that if you're angsty enough, (laughs) you know, and you suffer for your art. Right. That. Uh, no matter what you do to other people in your life, you're justified because it's really hard being you. Yeah. Yeah. And no one understands you. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And that's an extremely problematic like takeaway. I mean, from- he ruins their lives, but we don't know if he's that remorseful. I mean, he pours. No, he pa- isn't. I, he I pours think, pain on himself, but then like. No, but again, that's just a crazy display of him, like, like gnashing and wailing. Yeah, exactly. Like, I don't think it comes from again. It just plays into him trying to be as tortured as possible. He's gonna be fine. Yeah. He's just gonna yeah, use it to make feel, more shitty paintings. And he doesn't actually feel bad about it. No. Oh, here's another quote. I go to my kitchen. I make toast. I smell your skin. I can't get you out of me. He goes to his kitchen, he makes toast, and then he smells Zandali's skin. Where? In, coming from the toaster? I can't get you out of me? It's no, just... No, because he ate the toast, and that's why she's... <laughs> he ate the skin toast. Right. And now she's inside of him. Like, nobody talks that way. Thank God. Uh, what about Judge Reinhold and Zandali, uh, like getting away from it all and like wearing flower crowns on the beach <laughs> that picture i sent you yeah. i took a screenshot of that scene of of, of the close-up of judge reinhold with the flower <laughs> crown i was like this is ridiculous 
<laughs> you were you were like you don't know what you're getting into. Between that and the Fez, there's yeah. a lot of really good Judge Reinhold <laughs> headgear in this movie. Maybe, maybe this is mean to say, but he he's not a handsome dude. His he looks. He's not, and the thing is, his it, ears are like really big, and his head. He just looks so goofy. And it worked usually in his other roles. Sure. It works for him, but he yeah. was grossly miscast in this. He, he, he has it. the like pants, the like yeah. slacks up to like his nipples the whole movie. <laughs> what about when he calls Nick Cage into his office? He's Nick Cage's boss, which I didn't really get until that scene. Like, I guess he got him a job at the fa- whatever his fucking factory is. What what was what did he do? They had a name like Factory Corp or something. It was it was like Com Corp or yeah. something, right? <laughs> I don't know. Workcom. <laughs> I actually don't know what that company did. I don't know, but he's the vice president. He calls Nick Cage in and he's like, you've been taking a lot of long lunches. And he, but he gives him a peach to eat. I don't know, dude. Well, next for Nick Cage, uh, we have Honeymoon in Vegas, which I don't know anything about. Me either. So the, the next couple ones are like mostly just like light like light comedies and like and like rom-coms and stuff that's what honeymoon in vegas looks like oh uh you gotta remind me too uh i remembered in 2002 nick cage directed a movie starring jim james franco we can't forget that oh my gosh really yeah i didn't know about that yeah we got a little ways but okay it's honeymoon in vegas and then a movie called amos and andrew that's the one i was thinking of with uh him and samuel l jackson and then we get to Red Rock West, which rules. Um, but and then is Red is Red Rock West the one that starts? Yeah, it's rough after that. Well, it's Deadfall after that, which is yes, an am- okay. amazing, yes, amazingly bad, awesome movie. Then it's Guarding Tess, It Could Happen to You, Trapped in Paradise, and Kiss of Death, which I don't know anything about. But and then he wins an Oscar. There you go. So <laughs> that's the road ahead. Okay, slowly but surely, Dave. We're doing it. We're doing I, it, man. I feel like we're barely keeping up, though. Dude keeps putting out. He's putting out like three or four films a year. I know. Did you hear about that? Is it Venezuelan? No. Oh, uh, or um, It's like a movie that didn't Puerto come out. Puerto Rican or something? Didn't it, come it out didn't... in the U.S.? USS Indianapolis Men of Courage? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So and what's it, the deal? It only came out in Puerto Rico or something? It was a Central or South American country that it only came out in. I Weird. don't. I don't remember. Tom Sizemore and Thomas Jane are in it. Too. Also, di- yeah, directed, directed by Mario Van Peebles. What? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. That's a. That, that's a thing. We're gonna get there someday. But um, I hope they release it in America. I mean, I guess it doesn't really matter. Yeah. Like, there's ways of getting it. And also... um, Yeah, if we go down to the docks, we can find the black market DVD uh, sellers. And I'm sure one of them can exchange something like its weight in gold. Super rare. It feels like a. It feels like we're running a race with him now, though. He's already got f- 
since we six, started six movies in 2017 on the slate since we started this podcast six months ago he's put out three films yeah his his imdb has gone from like it was like 75 or something when we started it's 86 now <laughs> dude must be so broke too many pyramids too many castles too many dinosaur eggs <laughs> was it was michael jackson who j bought john merrick's bones right yeah 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 i i, I get I'm confused well anyway I mean, the fact those things were even on sale yeah he's, come on who's selling the fucking elephant man yeah really yeah have some dignity bad taste. yeah it's extremely bad taste really unless it's to a medical college you're an asshole it's it's not a think piece for your like kitchen.